Mariota to the line of scrimmage, maybe across the line. It deflects back to him for a touchdown for the moment. But was he across the line of scrimmage? And he was in shotgun, so therefore he is an eligible receiver. It is a touchdown. <laughs> Very close. It's Mariota to Mariota for a touchdown pass. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. We are back for the second week in a row, so it can't have gone too badly. Also, we're going to be in a good mood. Much better than before. Um, I am Adam, and I am joined by Greg and Harry again. And Neil's not with us this week, so we will have to wait for some Renault Clio updates when he, he joins us next. Uh, but we have another founder of, of the Transatlantic, uh, Transatlantic Titans. It shouldn't be so difficult to say. Uh, Brian Hurley is with us. So hello, Brian. Welcome to the pod. All right. Good to, have, good to be on. Excellent. Um, you listened to us last week, I hope. <laughs> yeah, let's just say uh, we'll, we'll go with yes. And I, I listened to the first half and then I fell asleep. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's get that on a t shirt. Yes, absolutely. That's the kind listen of listen to the first half need. and then I fell asleep. That's got to be on a t shirt at like some point. Game last year. <laughs> if we get if we ever get on apple Podcasts, which we're still not and and if anybody knows how to push that along then please, please let us know um if we ever get on there that's just the sort of listener review that we'll want you know per perfect when you're going to bed you know you suffer from insomnia come and listen to the <laughs> transatlantic titans podcast i don't care as long as it's five stars that's the main thing <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll pay for that. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We we won't. It's not like, like a Twitter poll. Um, yeah. So Brian, what what brought you to the the Tennessee Titans in the first place? Are we going back to? Hopefully, not going back as long as me. But no, uh, Jake Locker days was me um, when we were really bad, and I went to I went to Tennessee to study. Uh, it was only for a two week course on robotics. And I was staying in um, a place called Cleveland, which is over on the Knoxville side. And they're all okay. Bulls fans. And um, they basically taught me the game. I didn't really understand it. I've always been from a rugby background. And I kind of just felt... from Cleveland in the UK or near there, aren't you? Did you just get I'm lost from, or go to the wrong I am Cleveland? From Cleveland in the UK, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of uh, a really good experience for me. And then I just kind of fell in love with the state of Tennessee when I was there. And uh, when I decided to pick an NFL team, it just made sense. Yeah, the Jake Locker era. I mean, it's it's up there with the Zach Mettenberger era. I, I always felt that Jake could he had potential to do yeah, some good did. things. He just he was so unlucky with injuries, and I, yeah, I always always kind of liked him. Matt Marcus or Jake Locker? Sounds very <laughs> Jake very Locker. similar story. <laughs> well, both both of them, uh, but no, Jake, Jake Locker. He just had the. He, I always thought he had the right kind of attitude. He may he may not have had the fitness and all of the talent to go with it, but he had some of the talent. But he was totally made of glass, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think if you you look back in that draft as well as to who went after Jake Locker, it was a bit of a reach at the time. And you look back at the draft now, and it was a definite reach. I think there's uh, some star players that were taken after him. I think OBJ is one of them as well. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. If anyone's by a laptop or something and wants to have a quick Google, you're more than welcome. The 2011 draft, that would have been Tannehill as well, I think. Is that Russell Wilson as well? Possibly. Well, yeah, Russell Wilson was like a third-round pick, wasn't he? So yeah, he was, he was pretty late for, uh, for a quarterback of his standards. But uh, I think that's 2011. I might be wrong. It's one of those things, though, that everyone judges that. But actually, you look like Tom Brady. Every single team in the NFL passed on him five times. And yeah. <laughs> so... We got the same in the same. Was it exactly the same pick in 2018? Luke Falk. Everyone thought, oh, that's the new Tom Brady, and that didn't quite go to plan. Uh, so that, I think we, uh, yeah, Tom Our Brady's a bit Jets game. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, Tom Brady is a bit of a one in a million pick, and was it sixth round? I think or whatever it was. I mean, that's that just. I don't think that would ever happen again, realistically. Yeah, I don't think Luke Falk is the next next Tom Brady, is he? Somehow. Uh, but we, we, we have our Marcus, who we were maligning a little bit last week. Um, we probably have to talk about him again, because he was a different Marcus in Atlanta, wasn't he? He was the Marcus we know is there. And it's so frustrating that he sometimes disappears. And every time you think you've turned the corner with him, it just kind of falls away again. So hopefully this is the, this is the one. <laughs> it's so well, it's, it's so easy to look at the last game that you've seen and that's that's the most recent emotion so we're we're all in a good happy mood because we've we've got the win in atlanta but like think, you can't get too high because we know what I mean, happened the previous you, week if you can get marcus doing that against a much better defense than the atlanta starting this sunday against the Bills, if you can get him performing like that then uh, I think the doubters will, will start to simmer down. But I think for me, yeah, it was a much, much better performance. It was, uh, it wasn't, wasn't anything too risky. I think we kind of uh, played relatively safe, but to be honest with you, I don't mind that if you're, if you're still going to go away and if the defense are performing the way, the way that they, they did, I think for me, I think, still zero interceptions all year, I think has said a lot about the play calls and a lot about the game plan for the offense, but has also said a lot about that he's not done anything stupid. Um, we had a, a bit of a twitchy moment on Sunday, I think, when uh, when we thought he might have fumbled the ball for a second uh, or when he basically um, tried to chuck it away and they were claiming it was a fumble, but luckily got away with it. But for me, I think, apart from that, he never looked in doubt in the O-line which I'm sure we'll come to talk about a bit more in a minute, but they were just a completely different level to what we've seen in previous weeks. Uh, starting off with, of course, the first game for Nate Davis, which I think, personally, he is a class above Jamil Douglas, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And they were swapping Nate Davis and Douglas around a little bit. I think that's partly because they've talked a little bit about Nate not being up with the playbook as much after missing a bit of OTAs. But I think... The way that we saw Mariota play when he had a bit of a clean pocket, it wasn't pressured nearly as much as he was. And I think that partly comes down to 10 days preparation. Um, a bit of a longer week when you play that Thursday night game, going into week four for us. Um, but also, I think it was just a far better pocket that he had time. And that gave time for our wide receivers to get that little bit of separation, which before, you can't get that separation if you've got two seconds or three seconds, unless it's a short route they allowed a little bit of a longer developing route to happen. And that's where we saw that really nice sort of sideline pass to, to Davis on the left sideline and a couple of the real nice passes to AJ Brown, which I'm sure 
we'll talk about a wee bit as well. Yeah, we've got some wide receivers. <laughs> How about that? I don't, I don't know about you guys, though, but Marcus in the pocket, with those, and they're luckily much more frequent, and ho- hopefully that trend will continue. But when, when he's got time and when the pocket forms properly around him, I w- was watching that game, and very early in the first quarter, I'm thinking, I've got confidence that he's going to make a throw and he's going to hit, the, hit whoever he's, he's looking at. And just the complete opposite from watching against Indy and Jacksonville, where you, he's virtually never got that, that clean pocket. And it's a very obvious thing to say, but that's a clear, a clear trend. And it probably applies to a, a lot of QBs out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, straight away, was it our second drive, first play? So the, the two teams punted back, to, back and forth to each other. First play on that drive, AJ Brown in stride, touchdown. And he, oh, what, do, what can you say about about that man? We've got ourselves. He incredible. He is absolutely incredible. I think he he could be massive for us in years to come. I think um, he, he's he's a very odd player to watch in many respects. When you watch him, you don't think he's actually that fast until you then see yeah. him just going miles ahead of any DB or any any defensive player around him. You think he's kind of going in slow motion, but he's still massively outpacing everyone around him. He's not that kind of uh, wide receiver you're just seeing just goes, but he's he kind of does it a bit in slow-mo, which is really quite strange. But at the same time... It's a I bit think... like Derek Henry in that regard. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Sort of say yeah, the same yeah. about him. Yeah, a little bit. But for me, I think AJ, I think he, it was a breakout game for him. I think it'll be great to see a few more of those this year, um, starting Sunday, hopefully. But I think for me, yeah, he was he was one of the standouts for the for the entire game. Um, that and Mariota performing performing well, I think, were were the two biggest biggest wins for me. And we finally got, I think, someone there who can free up a little bit more space for the likes of Davis, and because uh, I think he's just been double coverage a hell of a lot in the last. Well, so it certainly was last year and has been the start of this year. And I think now there's going to be some attention taken away from him, which can only open up new opportunities. Well, I don't know if you saw the, the quote from Luan today. He said something about no more chipping. So it basically means on the left side. So it means, you know, this Humphreys is probably going to be uh, a lot more featured in the passing game now, which I think could be pretty important for getting Corey open as well. Yeah, we've not really seen Humphreys yet. I think um, no. he's been too busy uh, kind of doing a fair bit of kind of blocking on that left side and, and making up for Luan not being there. Pretty much, yeah. And I think he, he has been a, a miss in that kind of slot receiver. I don't think we've really... I think he's had a probably, I know, maybe two or three receptions this year. I think if I might might be wrong with that, but I think he's he's definitely not been able to show yeah. anything he can do as of yet, which I think the, the return of Luan will definitely be able to bring him out. Yeah, it's it's something we've been waiting for for four weeks, and in actual fact, two and two, I'm pretty happy with at this at this point because he's. Yeah. I mean, you you could argue that Luan's our most important player. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Um, All day just, long. Yeah, not not just his 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 physical play, but his presence, his his leadership, the morale that he brings he brings to the team. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to lot to be said for that. You know the you know take yeah. take his re- his reaction. I mean, you saw it a couple of times last year. You saw, I think he, yeah, certainly drew the odd flag. Might be, might even have been ejected once or twice in his career for defending his quarterback. You know, Marcus Marcus takes a 
a cheap shot and Luan is 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 straight there. That's that's his job and that that kind of leader has has been missing. But yeah, to get out two and two from some tough games in that yeah, opening two, stretch. Two and two is I think is is a decent result for us. I don't think it's it's the worst. I think the only the only negative for me on two and two is the two divisional losses. I think uh, to be and that's what's seeing us still currently joint top slash joint bottom of the uh, AFC South. But I think um, that that hopefully won't come back to haunt us later down the line if we're if we are trying to trying to win the division. It basically means we do have to try and pretty much win the rest of our divisional games um, to make sure that we, we are there or thereabouts, which is going to be tough. But um, that's the only real negative from a two and two. I think, I don't think anyone, no one really expected us to beat the Browns. I still think that the Falcons game was a little bit of an upset. I mean, one that we, we definitely felt we could win, but I think it was a slight upset. We probably expected to beat the Jags. It was a bit overdue for them to finally finally beat us after three years or four years or however long it was. And the Colts are the Colts. You know, you know what you're going to get with them. So I'm not too disappointed with with two and two as long as we can. We just need to get a, a, a row of wins now. We need to try and get some momentum in the season. Even I was looking at, um, actually, I think it was, was it last year, I think it was, I mean, yeah, where we had two or three defeats followed by two, three, four wins. And that'll be interesting to see if we can can do that again. Definitely. I think before the season, I would have taken two and two, but I would have expected our losses to be against the teams that we beat. And I think I would have expected yeah, yeah. our victories. <laughs> That's classic Titans, that though. But yeah. yeah. And you look, look back to last year, there's games that you go in cocksure thinking, oh yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to win. We'll definitely be fine. And then we get beaten and, and I think we like made it last week. Um, <laughs> so... Like like Greg said, I think it's disappointing that our two losses have come against divisional foe. It makes it a little bit harder. It gives them a win, obviously. And, and if there is that tiebreaker later on in the year, it's going to come down to that. But Texans as well still to come. We we um, And I think they'll probably be our main competitors. I don't think Minshew's going to keep on rolling. And I don't really see the Colts massively especially whilst hookers out and stuff i think they might struggle and deal a wee bit as well which hopefully will aid us the Colts, i thought they i was starting to believe in them and that looked like a bad loss against the ravers Ra- ravers it's raiders ravens <laughs> raven whoever they are some some team from the west coast the the texans is weird because we're playing them weeks 15 and 17 and that that's going to be massive and it's hard to believe that it won't come down to a situation where we need one or both of those wins to get something at the very least. You know, we might need to win both, both games against the Texans. To, you know, that, that could be, could be tough and it'll be, it'll seem the same to them, I guess. Yeah. I think with the, with the Texans, I think if I remember correctly, I think the last game of the season is in Houston as well. I really don't want to get to a situation like last year where it's a win and you're in situation shootout between the two. Because I think away at the Texans, we never um, seem to do well there, do we? No, not massively, and and I still have nightmares about that place from our 14 <laughs> defeat of uh, of two years ago, which uh, Facebook kindly reminded me was two years ago uh, this week. So I was like, thanks for that. But no, I think in um, I think that that is one game you definitely want to try and uh, and be there already, but before we play them, I think if that does become a win and you're in and we're jumping ahead of ourselves slightly I know but if that does become that that's going to be a tough tough ask yeah I think that since since November last year we are one and five against the FC South 
Uh, and then is it uh, that's seven that's... against anybody else, which is crazy. <laughs> Haven't yeah, lost to an NFC team in two years. Need to improve. Yeah. Um, how do we? Well, more that's immediately me. than than any of that. How do we feel about the Bills week five? I mean, very tough game. Um, Last year we lost in Buffalo when it looked like the sort of game that we should win. It's almost opposite to that. I still don't feel good about it. I'll be honest. From from my side, I think we, uh, I think our defense can win us this game. I think it's there's going to be a bit of a, especially with Josh Allen out for Bills. Seemingly, I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet, but it sounds like he's going to miss the game. I think their defense is a lot better than Atlanta. Um, they can easily contain us, I think, on, on their defence. And I think it will become potentially a bit of a shootout on who's going to go and get a pick six to kind of separate the two. Um, that said, I think if we play the way that we did against the Falcons and that O-line holds together and gives Marcus the time that he needs to you know, pick those pick those throws to those to AJ and or to Davis or now with Luan back, hopefully Humphrey's more involved. I think we... We've got every chance, but that is it's definitely going to be a, arguably a tougher game, especially on the offensive side than it was against the Falcons. I think the Falcons' defense were, you could see they just they couldn't get anywhere near the O line, which considering that the the O line's been pretty poor for the last few weeks or two weeks, especially um, for me, I think that that this Sunday is going to be a, a huge, huge challenge. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not worried about their offense. I don't think there's anyone on their offense that concerns me, and especially with Josh Allen out. I certainly don't think Barkley is uh, is going to cause us any real problems if the defence turns up. Is that the case, do we know? I've, I've not looked uh, in the last day or so on about Josh, didn't, Josh didn't Allen's health. Protocol, I think. I think, um, I think he was yeah, that, so that the last heard. It was a brutal hit. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing on the injury report quite yet. And best time that we'll probably get a, a feed for it will be on Thursday. Um, I've just gone on the Bills website as well to see if there was anything there, but no, still saying weak balls injuries and things like that. So uh, nothing quite yet. But I think that Allen, Allen being out, or if he is out, will be the key really on their offense. They've not really got much. They've got a speedy wide receiver from Brown. They've got Beasley in the slot, who's pretty underrated. There's a slot receiver, right, in my opinion. Um, Spain at left guard, who we know what his strengths and weaknesses are. Hopefully Casey can, you know, play to what those are as well. And then they've got Croft in it as a tight end who I just don't rate at all. So hopefully Graham will have uh, another good week once again. See, the, que- the question I want to, to get to with this, and it's I'm going to throw back to the fourth quarter of the game in Atlanta here and not kicking a field goal when you're, you're 14 points, points up. And this is, yeah, we've we've talked about the same thing before in the Jacksonville game, but this is what you you're going to get with Mike Brabel. To be to be fair to him, he actually admitted since. In a, I'm not sure if it's straight after the game, he said, "Yeah, I was wrong about that. It was a wrong call," uh, which I like. I like that honesty. Yeah. Um. But my question is, and we have to think about that in that situation against Buffalo. How many points do we really realistically need? to beat Buffalo. And I suspect it's not that many. I suspect we're talking 20, maybe 20, 24 points, something like that. You would hope would be, would be enough uh, as, as it was, as it was last week. So. As well, such, we haven't allowed over 20 points yet this season. Uh, yeah. Which... And I don't see Buffalo being a better off, oh. certainly better offense than Atlanta or Definitely. Indianapolis, Jacksonville, any of the teams that we played. Uh, 
Singletary's injured as well, I believe. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I can't see. I can't see how they're going to put too many points up on us. But I also can't see us putting many on them either. It's it's. That's, it's come that's where we've got to be sensible, isn't it? That's where you've got you've got the chance to kick a field goal and in that yeah. in that kind of fourth fourth and short situation. We've we've got to say right, take all the points we can get. Surely. It would have made it. It would have made the Atlanta game a three-score game, and that would have it would have been game over. Luckily for us, it was already game over because Atlanta couldn't couldn't do anything uh, once getting that that stop. Yeah. But it was a bit like I think I spoke about this last week, and don't want to sound like a broken record, but it, it's one of those ones that once again you you bring the crowd back into the game. You bring Atlanta back in. The crowd are up. They're thinking, right, this is going to be a comeback. They're 14 points down. If they go and get one touchdown, then it's going to be squeaky bum time for the Titans because you know they've got to go and get another score or whatever it may be. And, and probably would have. It's just and it, yeah, exactly. And luckily for us, I think Jalen Brown it was who who pretty much saved uh, saved Rabel's bacon. But that really, uh, I was I was livid at the time when it came to that because uh, I was just like, just be sensible. You're two scores up. Go and kick that kick that through, make it a three-score game. That makes it game over. Everyone in, in Atlanta's on their way home and we're coming away with a win and that's done. So really, really infuriated me. But I think we're going to see it with Vrabel anyway. I think, and we've got to be prepared to to see it with Vrabel. And sometimes it's going to work and you'll get either, either work in terms of actually converting the fourth down or whatever it may be. Or sometimes he'll get away with it, like I think he did a little bit against Atlanta. I think the defence got him out of a hole. He, he knew it. He knew it, 100%. didn't he? Yeah. And then Sometimes, sometimes it's not going to work out, and you could go and lose a game like that. And I'm not saying that we lost the game against the Jacks because of that fourth down call, but could have been a factor to an extent. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think he's just—he's going to do that. I think that's what he is. That's in his DNA. You look, go back to last year against the Chargers. That's—he—he he was never going to take a point in overtime. He was always, always going to go for that two point in his mind, and that one came back to haunt us. But hopefully next time. We can uh, have a two points to to win the game. Hopefully, it won't, and we can. We'll be sitting there saying about how uh, he's incredibly ballsy and an absolute <laughs> legend for it. But we're, um, yeah. I must admit, I think sometimes you you've just got to look at the game situation. Luckily, I, I I think yeah, like you said, Adam. I think props to him. He he came out at the end and went, yeah, I got that wrong, which I'd much rather hear than we're just going to be aggressive and to the point where it's, uh, you know, it's it's not really sensible. A quick one on the on the ballsy thing. It's so he's he's kind of remembered for the the call in London and the was it against the Texans fourth and short and it was a strange strange play call. And but actually there are a couple of games that we probably won because of his ballsiness that aren't talked about so much. The Texans at home with the fake punt and Bayer throwing it to Crookshank, and I think also the Eagles game in in overtime where we kind of could have taken a tie. And it's like, no, no, we're not, we're not taking a tie here. We're going, we're going for the win. And so you, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. Um, but I just, just sort of want to reel him back in a little bit. Sometimes you've got yeah, to pick a moment, don't you? The bad ones are always more memorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought by, Bayard's, uh, Bayard's throw down to Crookshank was, uh, was pretty memorable. That's one I'll, I'll definitely never forget. And luckily enough was there for it. But in, I think that was one at the time where even looking back at it now, you look at and you think you're, I think what will must've been what midfield maybe, or just around that mark. I mean, and you're thinking, what on earth are you doing? Like, that's just crazy. You're going to give them amazing field position. And then you give it to your, 
uh, to your safety who throws it lefty to, <laughs> to, that to your was that, safety. That, it's just brilliant. That uh, play, oh, the, it actually, to be fair, you look back at that play, the Texans didn't line anyone up against the Gunners. And I think that, no. I, I think that was something that they prepared and looked at and they've obviously spotted that the Texans have done this before and said, right, if we get that, that look again, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to run this play. There was nothing they could do to stop it. It's quite funny because in that game, I, I say I was there and, and I remember it was the end, end of the drive and I was thinking, all right, they're just going to punt the ball away. And I think I was literally on my phone just looking at Twitter. And all of a sudden, as I looked up, it was Bayard just just about leaving his hand. The ball was just leaving his hands. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? I was just like, have I missed something? I was just because I was literally so engrossed just in, on Twitter for two seconds. And then all of a sudden, there's Crookshack <laughs> running through and it's just absolute scenes. Uh, week week one of the, well, it's not week one, it was week two, but uh, first home game of the season. But it's it's uh it's one of those ones that, like you say, it's going to, you'll win some, you'll lose some. And, and I think in with the team that we are, we're always going to be, you know, games are always going to be, Hard, wins are going to be quite hard to come by. It's, we're always going to be a team that's like 9-7, 10-6 at a push and wins are always going to be massively important to us. So to be sensible in certain situations like the Atlanta game, I think sometimes you've just got to be be a little bit more sensible with it. I get it 100% if it's uh, like the Chargers. Like, I get why you went for the two points. I didn't have a problem with that. Definitely had a problem with the play call. Um, but the, I think, uh, I think yeah. most, most Titans fans agree on that. If we, do we all agree on that? Yeah, this this Atlanta yeah. one just just, just doesn't, didn't make any sense. I just I, I can't I can't understand what was going through his mind. I mean, we're we're no play callers. We knew it was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, it's Matt LaFraud. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> um, just to go back to Greg's point about um, wins being hard to pick up and how it is because we are so in the middle of the road a lot of the time with that nine seven record. This is a game when. Neil said last week that we've been talking all off-season about going from good to great, good to great, good to great. This is the game that a great team puts away. Their defence is stacked, the Bills' defence. Their offence, there's really not much there, especially once you take out Allen. Their main running back at the moment, from what I can see, is Gore. He's like 528 or something. Like He's been around <laughs> longer, than, longer than the NFL, I'm pretty Gore, sure. The rest of it, Frank Gore. That's all I'll say. Yeah, he's... Um, well, we've seen it for the Colts, haven't we? <laughs> but yeah, this is a game that, in, in my opinion, if we do want to push and be that great team, we should go and take this one on the road. Um, no, we're at home, aren't we're we? At home. We're yeah, at home, yeah, yeah, we're at home. Yeah, yeah, so we definitely need to secure it. They've got Edmonds at linebacker, White at corner, Poyer and Hyde as safeties, who are both class. Ed's Oliver, who was a top 10 pick, I think, or, or around there this year, and Murphy on the DN from Washington. So they've got a stack D. It's just how we counterbalance that with our new and improved offense that we all think we have going from the Falcons games. <laughs> I think that would be the challenge. I think we'll win. I'm going to say, I think we win. I, I don't like think that. it's going to be easy. But I think we win. Score? 17 10. I don't think that's, that's far off from where I see it, actually. I'm, I'm going to say 14 3. I don't think their offense is going to get anything going. They'll get a field goal just for fun, but I don't. I, and I think our our offense will will definitely have one pick six and then maybe maybe one touchdown, uh, which probably will come through Henry. But I think um, I think fourteen three. I don't think it's turnovers going to be, are going to be key, aren't they? It's going to be one of those. 
Yeah, 100%. And yeah, Marcus, we haven't, he, the only, is the only starting quarterback in the NFL not to turn the ball over. <laughs> um, I hate, I hate those kind of stats. It's like that red zone thing where he never threw an interception until London. And like, yeah. the longer that stat goes on, the more paranoid you are that the, the, the thing comes to an end. Um, but it's going to happen. Look, let's, we'll, we'll accept that. I don't yeah, think he's going to yeah. go the whole season without turning the ball over. I think that's that's going to happen. We'll fully expect it. I think the uh, the red zone one was, yeah, that went on for what four years. So I think that was uh, that was one that was overdue and just sadly came when we were all out of the game. So hey ho. No, it's his only one still. His only one, so he still yeah. hasn't been intercepted in the red zone in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a new that's a new stat that's a new stat that we can uh, we can throw out there but yeah i think he uh marcus for me um i think in the red zone when you've got henry i think uh you, you don't tend to go for too many pass plays anyway so i think um for what well, we don't i don't think anyway so and yeah i think i think the bills game is gonna be tough i think i don't I don't expect them to have too much joy offensively, but I do think they'll they'll definitely get to the quarterback a lot more than the Falcons did. Um, I think that O line is going to have to have a, a, a beast of a game, and hopefully Luan is back and ready to rumble because he's he's going to need going to be needed more than ever. Yeah, Harry. So if you were the coach, score in. prediction. Yeah, I think it's going to be low. Um, I think a lot of it depends on how our O line holds up. I'd be interested to find out. It's just a follow up question who you guys would put as our O-line um, for this game, how you'd match it around. But I'd, for the score, I'm going to go 13-6. I don't think okay. they score a touchdown all game. I think that, it'll that be qu- pretty close. Okay, I'm going to go 13-10 Titans. It's going to be that tight. Um, that question, Harry, by the way, there's a very similar question that we're going to come to um, as we've we put a tweet out for some, some listener questions. Uh, yeah, get in, get in touch with us there. By the way, um, any any feedback, good or bad, we've had some of each, which is good. Um, we'll ignore the bad. At Transatlantic TN on Twitter, um, join our Facebook group if you're not in that. Um, which I'm guessing you could search for us on Facebook and find us. I don't think there's a an address or a clever way of doing that. Um, but yeah, do that. Um, Neil, who's who's not here tonight, he always puts a a thread up there for each game and then Jamie Cutteridge will come on and say that we're going to lose and hopefully hopefully he's wrong more often than he's right. Guys, Evening sorry, Jamie. Evening Jamie. Right <laughs> okay, Brian's um Brian needs to go. Um yeah, sorry sorry to hear that, but thanks for next, thanks for next joining time us. We'll try and get a full, a full shift in. <laughs> yeah, no, worry, no worries at all. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Um yeah, oh. let's let's talk about the listeners that have got in touch and the the questions um there's quite a few which is good and i think there are going to be some talking points raised um the first one here from ian rogers does dion lewis hold any trade value we don't seem to know how best to use his skill set as the patriots did and to be honest we all wince when he's on the field um harry what do you what do you think is there any any value left in dion Yes, I think we were talking about this in our group chat a bit before. It's one of these where we're probably giving him away for a sixth if we were to trade him and then he'd go in and end up leading the, the NFL from scrimmage or something like that. But <laughs> realistically, I, I just don't think the amount that we get back for him would be worth it. I don't know his salary or anything like that, what his cap hit is. 
Um, but I'd imagine it'd be like a pick swap or something, maybe in the off season. If they're in a bit of a win it now mode or a playoff mode, I don't see why you would trade him as the Tennessee Titans. I we we can't utilize him as, as we wish. Um, but then he is a, a, a safe veteran backup if Henry does go down for whatever reason. And I just I personally don't think that can be understated. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see. I mean, there were parts of last season where he seemed to outperform Henry. Um, we're seeing completely opposite now, obviously. And I don't know if you're virtually any other team in the NFL, unless you've got serious injuries and you're pretty desperate. I don't know why you trade for him. I don't see him as an improvement on most sort of third down backs. I mean, I watch someone like, like a team like Chicago and. Tariq Cohen and I sort of look at that and think that yeah we could do with that <laughs> that that kind of back and that's that level of production which we're not we're not getting from Dion Lewis anymore. I'm not I'm not saying he won't ever do anything for us and he you know one of these third down screens is going to come off sometime but no, I don't I don't think with his with his age no I agree I agree with you Harry I don't think we'd get much much back um yeah unless the team's really in a hole. I think for me Dion Lewis is just one of the most frustrating players to watch because I think the last time I saw him have a good game was, ironically, the London game. I think that was the only time he kind of got any real success. And since then, I think that's probably around the time that Derek Henry kind of went in the upward trajectory and started performing out of his skin. And for me, he's always going to be a second back. I do worry that if Derek Henry goes down injured, he's going to be our number one back um, because yeah. I really don't see a running game with him as number one. So in terms of trade value, getting back to Ian's question, I, I completely agree with you guys. I don't think there's any real value for a, any other teams, but also if they are desperate and they want an experienced running back, I, I don't think there's going to be much value back for us. I think, uh, I think Harry said sixth round, I think you'd be fortunate to get that. Um, but for me, yeah, I think he's an experienced back. I think, I think aside from that, you've pretty much got, I think Dawkins and Flewellen, so who one is young and kind of very unproven and um and obviously Flewellen's very much kind of special team focused and I think last year had about five runs and went down with a hamstring injury on the second one so it's yeah I think I don't see too much value on on Dion and Dion Lewis for any other team and I also don't think we'll get a hell of a lot back for him but these uh these third down screens I, I, they they are another thing that frustrate the hell out of me because you're right, one will come off and we'll all say, oh, that's an amazing play call. But um, there's too many at the moment that it just seems like every everyone so far, whether we're just being a bit too predictable with it, I don't know. But for me, it hasn't worked. I'm not not sure I have the mental energy to get into this, but I, I'm not sure about Arthur Smith and the way he's scheming some of these screens. Like, just they don't seem to quite... I don't know if it's a rhythm thing or what it is, but it might it might be down to Dion Lewis. I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't look good right now, does it? Okay, uh, we had a question via... Well, it came via Neil and it just said Biscuit Tin. I don't know who this was from. <laughs> <laughs> Frustrated fantasy owner of Corey Davis. What's happening with him? Not living up to draft capital, not getting used right or blame Mariota. I think this question may have come before the Atlanta game, but I think it's kind of still valid. He's, he's not not been the you know the Antonio Brown. That's probably the wrong example, or the Odell Beckham, or the the superstar that um, some thought he might have been. 
I don't think we're, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a kind of standout player in that respect. But I do think he's a big threat, and, and I think I mentioned earlier around AJ Brown. Hopefully now will be a perfect foil to give him more opportunities. Um, I think there's been a lot of opportunity. I mean, he had a was it? I can't remember if it was the Atlanta game where he did have a horrendous drop, um, and that was literally right down his throat and couldn't bring it in. So that there's areas that I think he has to improve on, and I still think he's got he's got that potential to become a, a really really good wide receiver. Um, and hopefully now with AJ Brown there will be a little bit more of an opportunity for him to, to kind of escape a bit of coverage and, and get some get some plays and for Biscuit Tin some points. But, um, <laughs> but I do, yeah, I, I, I really like the guy. I think he's he's a very, very good receiver. I think he's he's definitely one for the future. And I think this is his third year. Um, but I think he, he is one now that is, I don't know, on Sunday especially, I think he got a lot more success by the fact that AJ Brown was, was on the field and was getting so much success himself. Yeah, I see him. Do you see him maybe as a, a WR two? And if AJ Brown could be a, a wide receiver one, that might be that might be about where he sits. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would. Um, he came out of college. Like I've got him. I play four different leagues, and I've got him in three of them. I don't know what I was thinking during draft days. Um, <laughs> but the Titans play quite a run-based game anyway, so wide receiver choices and opportunities are quite limited. Um, Add to that now that with AJ Brown sort of becoming a, a bit of a thing in Tennessee, I think, and and we'll have more opportunities for sure. We talked about Humphreys potentially getting a bit more of a look in and a couple more targets because he's not having to chip as much. And then you've got Delaney Walker back as well. Henry's catching's improved as well out of the backfield this week. Uh, this year, probably he's been a little less. Yeah. <laughs> I put him on my flex each week and hope for a touchdown. And touchdown or bust is kind of the strategy I go with Davis, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a hard one for sure. I think I mean, it's time you want to be starting him in fantasy, don't you? Not not that we're a fantasy football podcast or we're going down that route, but it's I've I've been bench. I've I also own him in a, a few leagues, and he was on my bench in most of them at the weekend. But I think it it's at the point maybe not maybe wouldn't start him against the Bills, but after that possibly. Um, next next question for London Titan. I don't. I don't know his actual name. He's quite often interacts with transatlantic titans. Um, impossible task, bearing in mind the good weeks one and four and the not so good weeks two and three. What are your predictive final twenty nineteen stat lines for Marcus Mariota, which we sort of covered? But I mean, <laughs> stat lines. He's projected to be league MVP pretty much <laughs> I'm guessing <there's, laughs> we're going to see some sort of drop off from that anyone sticking their neck out with any any numbers well, okay so um, I'm going to go touchdowns I'm going to go 24 um, I think he will throw eight interceptions he's going to have one bad game where he throws like three but I think eight in total it's going to happen. We have to accept it. Uh, and then total yards, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three thousand three hundred and twenty-one. Very precise. <laughs> Harry, what do you think? I'm going to try and sneak out of this one. 
I can't I was still you. on mute there talking and then yeah sorry I was still on mute. <laughs> they had no uh, so I was just doing a bit of looking he's already on 933 yards for the season obviously zero interceptions and I think it's about four or five touchdowns I'm not entirely sure on that one um I think he probably levels off a little bit the picks will start to come a touch more I think it'll be 10 interceptions we go a bit more positive on the touchdown front I think it'll probably be about 18 it's not the kind of play that we do as soon as we get down to that goal line we've all talked about it before we want to hand it off to Henry and just hope that he bows his way in and personally as a Titans fan I'd be pretty happy with that with an 18-10 it's a lot better than a year ago for sure um, and it's just really about when those interceptions get thrown and what the kind of game situation is I don't mind if he throws them in a game that's already lost I don't mind him if he throws them in a game that's already we're blowing them out but if he throws them in those tight games like I think this game will be against the Bills then I have an issue and in yardage, I think we'll probably be about three and a half thousand. I think, I think that'll be about it. Again, we'll level off a little bit more. Okay, I said I wasn't going to come out with any actual numbers, but I think you're probably a bit, in my gut, a bit low on t- number of touchdowns, but a bit high on yards. So I think it it can come down. I mean, if with a lead, we're not going to make him throw that much. So I don't know, three and a half thousand yards sounds high to me, but 24 touchdowns. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, think, fingers crossed. Not too many. Not the good, too many the good thing this year is he's got these receivers now that, that, I mean, you look at, he can take some, some shots and AJ Brown is, 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 is has the ability to go and run 50 yards from a reception. And I think Davis hopefully will become more of a threat as the year goes on. So I think, I think, I wouldn't be disappointed with 18, but obviously I think it very much depends on where the team end up. Um, but I do understand completely where you're coming from, Harry, in terms of as soon as we're in that, we'll say, red zone or even 10 yards, 10 yard line, that you know where the ball's going it's, and it's always going to be Derek Henry. Um, so I do I do kind of get why, why you'd probably go on a bit on the lower side, but I've got some faith that I think we'll take, there'll be a few shots taken, I think, around, you know, when we're at midfield where we, I think the likes of AJ and Davis might get a bit more joy this year than perhaps they have in previous. What I love about this is we've answered this question and no one's said the words Ryan Tannehill. So I'm happy. Let's let's move on to the next one. Oh, you just did. <laughs> yeah, if we'd answered that question a week ago, we'd be saying very different things, wouldn't we? <laughs> right. Um, slightly linked to this, at Sandy54967, Mariota is confusing is his is his name at the moment I think he's changed that a couple of times or it might be she I'm not sure apologies um if Marcus is good and bad and the good being really good and the bad being really bad then should we just give him the franchise tag or sign him long term what if he says no to the franchise tag well I'd, I'd be surprised if he if we're in a situation where we offer the franchise tag and he said no because he probably wouldn't have the leverage if we're doing that but um difficult to answer that we don't know enough which I is think what's been frustrating from, from my side i think if he if he gets off whatever he gets offered well, not whatever but certainly if he if he gets offered the franchise tag i don't think he'll be saying no to it I, unless there's another team out there that have shown interest that are, are desperate for a quarterback which is possible but I, I think he's if he doesn't get a deal here he'll he will go back up for someone for at least a year and then potentially might come back in again and become a starter and possibly. So I think whatever we offer him within reason, I think he, he would, he would take, I think he, he loves being here. I think he enjoys being here and 
I don't think there's any doubt about that. And knowing from what I do know about him, I think he's he's a, he's a pretty good guy, and I think he's a reasonable guy. He's not going to go out on a limb and expect to be paid ridiculous money. I think he would be he would take whatever money he gets. He's going to no doubt change him and his family life anyway. So whatever I. I, I Right now, I think it's too early for us to say whether what we should do, and because um, I, I agree with what they're saying that the good, the good is good, and the, and the bad is can be pretty bad. But um, I think in five, six weeks from now, we'll be in a much clearer space in terms of where we're where we're at with Marcus. Yeah, and just a quick one on that as well. Um, if he didn't take the franchise tag, I believe he'd have to sit out next season. Um, if he didn't sign his tender or anything like that. Um, same way as Lev Bow did a couple of years ago with uh, the Steelers, you have to sit out because it's the franchise that retains the rights for that. And it would be an average of the top five paid quarterbacks. Um, so he'd be earning a heap of money for one year, fully guaranteed as well. Um, so I don't see why he turns it down. But from a Titans point of view, why would you give it if then you're still sussing him out? Because then you set that benchmark at that point. Say if it's 25 mil a year, then you have to start at that point. I'm a player, I've played at 25 mil for a year to prove myself, and I've proved myself. Long-term deal, I'm going to want 30. I, I suspect that... I suspect we will see it unless we see some sort of fairly significant improvement. Then he's... Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to say it. I don't want to finish that sentence. Uh, but I think we will, and I think that's what we'll see. The franchise tag, you're sort of hitting snooze on the decision a little bit, which it might come down to that. We might we might need to use the franchise tag elsewhere. I don't know. Um, how's that for sitting on the fence? Um, right, back to kind of back to your question, Harry. Earlier, divers for, at divers for Jesus. Now that Luan is back, do you think Conklin will remain at right tackle, or will Dennis Kelly take his spot? This could be a a massive que- question to get into. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't. Yes. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see. Uh, I mean, Kelly will, will drop out. I think. I think your question earlier on, on what what would your your O line be? I don't see any different than Luan left tackle, Saffold left guard, Jones in the middle with centre, uh, and then I think they. I think Davis, if he's ready and he's available to play and he's and he's and he's healthy, then he he'll be at right guard and then Conklin right tackle. Possibly this coming week we might see. Conklin at right guard if they're not convinced because I mean let's face it he he's, he would be better there with Kelly at right tackle than putting Jamil Douglas in there no disrespect Jamil but um, I think long, oh, longer yeah. term longer term I definitely think that, that Nate Davis is going to be that man and possibly from this week who knows that's the eventuality where Kelly might play at right tackle is if you move Conklin inside Conklin isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If I agree with I agree with your personnel completely. I could see Kelly being used a fair bit in certain packages. Um, yep. you know, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, we'd be mad. We'd be mad not to as he's you know, his play's been decent. Um let's I'm going to try and move a bit more quickly through these. We've had quite a few. Mason Reeves. I like this. Um, we need to get into this a little bit. Um, kind of a different question. I'm here in Nashville and live a mile from the stadium. I know what it's like being a Titans fan here in Nashville. What is it like being a fan in the UK? What are some of your game day rituals, etc.? cetera? Um, well, some of our game day rituals might not be suitable for the podcast. I don't know. But other than that... Um... Speak for yourself, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> It's, 
I'll I'll kick this this one off. Actually, it's been it's a strange existence because yeah, most most Sundays kick off in the UK will be six pm. You know, other than the start of September, it's already dark. You know, pretty much from now onwards, really, it's dark at six six o'clock. Um, I'll put I'll generally wear a Titans jersey all day Sunday, and a lot of that day will be spent doing more mundane family activities. You know, I might be going going to the supermarket in a, a Mariota jersey, and ninety nine percent of the people in that supermarket won't have a clue who that is or what, or what that means, and I'm absolutely fine with that. It's it's just sort of sort of mon- how we mon- roll. It's mundane family activities. Your wife's not going to be listening to this, is she? <laughs> she's not, she's not going to be listening to this. <laughs> Go on, Bennett. It's just, I'm lucky if she stays in the room um, when the the Titans start <laughs> at six o'clock. Um, no, but what about what about yourselves? Yeah, so I tend to work a lot on a Sunday. So if I'm not working, uh, well, if I am working, I've got a bit of a pep in my step, walking around a little bit quicker, um, talking to as many people as possible about, oh, so what are you doing this evening? And if they tell me what they're doing, I'm sure it's heck telling them what I'm doing. <laughs> then I tend to get home around about four-ish, uh, maybe a quick stop off at the pub beforehand. Again, trying to bring on the talk with anyone who's watching football. English football or soccer, um, and then head home, put on a jersey, uh, tend to wear the same jersey if we're doing well, and then as soon as we lose a game, the jerseys get swapped around a little bit, so I think uh, <laughs> this week will be a light blue Mariota, until then it goes all bad, and then I think I'm onto a locker jersey, so that's going to be awful, um, but yeah, to do that, bit of pizza, if we're on Sky Sports or something like that, I'll probably head down to the local and try and ask them to put it on for me very nicely um, and it's more just about uh, spending time with Kate sort of she snoozes if the game's a wee bit boring um, and putting on pizza maybe a bit of American food if it's a late night game so when we had a Monday night game against uh, the Cowboys last year like making myself a heap of food um, really going out for it and uh, yeah enjoying it that way I think so it's completely different, um, and you don't you don't really feel the atmosphere at all. You don't get that build up of, of a game. I imagine like um, how you do in Nashville beforehand, and sort of say, ah, oh, you going to the game, or where are you going to watch it, or anything like that. It's more of an individual thing, and I think that Facebook thread really brings us together, and and we probably talk a lot more stuff there than than anywhere else. It's worth making yeah, Mason aware. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is, uh, but those. And luckily, we've only got one this year, unless we get flexed into Sunday night football, which doesn't look likely at the moment. Uh, and that's been and gone. Um, the the evening games is 20 past one in the UK in the morning. Uh, we're we're hardcore, you know. You Harry, you might stay up for that. I'm getting up for that. Um, I'm setting in a going to bed at nine o'clock and setting an alarm for quarter past one. Um, Greg, what Just about on the work? <laughs> uh greg well you're you're married to someone who's just as big a fan as you so it's yeah com- so hey, i'm quite fortunate that uh there's no fight to have to put any put it on the tv that's for sure we're, um, <laughs> we uh we both really enjoy it so we're um yeah we don't really have too many rituals we have we, we're the same we wear pretty much jerseys all day we call it jersey sunday 
Um, so that's that's pretty much every Sunday, regardless if the Titans are playing or not. You're, it's Jersey Sunday. You have to wear a jersey. Um, other than that, I think the only other ritual is just pray um, that we don't end up <laughs> having having a, a, a performance like we saw in, in the last two, or not last two weeks, or t- middle middle two weeks of the season. Uh, but yeah, other than that, and then during the game, it's yeah, a bit of food couple of drinks, a bit of angry tweeting, a bit of happy tweeting, uh, depending on what's happening. And then, yeah, there's not really too much more of a ritual. When when we go out two games, we generally always head to, um, always head down to the tailgating and, and get down there early and have a few drinks and just generally kind of enjoy the atmosphere. I like to get into the stadium a little bit earlier and just kind of, uh, I don't like, I'm not one of these people who gets in at the last second, but just after the national anthem's finished. Um, I kind of I quite like getting in a little bit early and having a few drinks and generally just enjoying the day, um, but that purely depends on where you are. Uh, if you're in Miami for over seven hours watching a game, it, it can become quite tedious. So uh, <laughs> get get getting. Or Miami. you get extremely drunk. Uh, getting to Miami at ten in the morning, thinking this is going to be a really nice day, and then not leaving until I think it was eight in the evening. Uh, that was yeah, that was a long long day. But there's um, but yeah, at home it's generally pretty relaxed and. Uh, relax until the game starts anyway and then you realise you absolutely hate football and then you love football and hate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think in the roller coaster of being a Titans fan. In that respect we're no different are we? Okay let's in fact let's get quicker because this podcast is going to be extremely long. At Zeman at Zeman Demon Zool what's the best way to deal with today's fan overreactions? We live in a what have you done for me lately world. Where is the line? I mean it's, it's difficult to try well to get too high after a win or too low after a loss it's only natural isn't it I mean, you can react to five minutes after a game is one thing it's how you feel the follow the following week it's whether you calm down a bit that's I just don't know. it's fickle football supporters though you have a you have a good yeah. win and you're going to win the super bowl and then you have a really bad loss and everything's down the dumps and marcus should be fired and uh, mike Vrabel should be fired and the world is against you it's just it's just part and parcel of it i think there's I think it's, you can try and stay level-headed, but you're always going to try and enjoy a win. And when you enjoy a win, you end up getting probably a little bit too excited and think that the, the whole world's now going to go in favour of you and that's it. We're going to win the Super Bowl and that's that. But, um, yeah, I mean... I, we, we are going to win the Super Bowl. We are 100%. Just, yeah, just to be clear about that. Yeah, just just in case anyone was doubting it. Um, but, yeah, I think for me, it's... it's I, you, you know the Titans that next week they're going to go and, and slap you around the face again. So you, you just have to um, take the good and live with it and, and enjoy it. And then when you take the bad, uh, try not to get too, too beat up about it. Imagine how boring it would be to be a New England Patriots fan. Anyway. Um, Could not agree more. They just, they're just boring to watch as well. Even when they're good, they still bore me. <laughs> Oh, well, how did you get on? Oh, no, we won 53-10 against the Dolphins. All oh, right, okay. What well, about next week? Oh, we play, we've got the Jets at home. Oh, life's tough, isn't it? You listen, you listen to them on Twitter after they beat the Bills, and it's like they are literally as if they've just lost that game 57-0. And <laughs> I would literally rip my arm off to get to win 13-10 against the Bills next week. Uh, but yeah, which, which we're going to do. There you go. So you're going to have to rip your arm off, Greg. Great. Don't need it. Um, David Sweetland, and I've lost his exact tweet, but he asked which I think which was better between the European and African swallow. That's. I'm not sure I can answer that. 
There's a lot of innuendos that could go with this. So I'm going to stay clear of this for just a second. Um, let's move straight on. Uh, from the five fact, I think this might be the last last one. And apologies if I've missed any. Uh, but from our friends at the Irish Titans, <laughs> um, is Terry Rubisky a future Hall of Fame coach? No. Next question. Harry? You've Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not. I, I mean, mean, one definitely the best looking and oddest looking, just to look at as a as a coordinator, ever. I think just <laughs> how. I've definitely we've definitely had. I think at least at least Owen. Um, we've had conversations about his cult status. Um, I, I I love it. It makes me it makes me laugh. I think a lot of a lot's got to happen. To make him a Hall of Fame coach between now and the end of his coaching career, I, I think a, a, lot's to... got, a lot's got to happen to make him an offensive coordinator again. If I'm honest, with you. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, he he was awful. He was awful. And by the way, the Irish Science podcast absolutely love. Definitely recommend anyone to listen to that after you've listened to us. But uh, yeah, that that's that's a, even by their standards, ridiculous question. Thanks, Owen. Anyway, <laughs> okay, um, that. That'll do from, yeah, apologies if I've, if I've missed any, um, but yeah, get in, get in touch again. Let's, let's end with some non-Titans related stuff. Unfortunately, we, you're going to have to wait to hear from Neil about his, his Clio. I'm not sure if he's got it fixed, um, but I can't, yeah, can't bring we're you all, any more on that. Gutted. We're all in the same boat. We all really want to know what's happened with the Clio, but we will have to wait until next week. And if that doesn't bring you back to listen, nothing will. <laughs> Harry, what's going on in your world that you'd like to share? Yeah, so I've it probably ties in a little bit to the NFL because I believe Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium is also this. But I went to a pub for the first time and it was completely cashless. And for me, it just weirded me out. Like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I can have my card and my phone everywhere. They're both on there. I can pay with those, absolutely no problem. But what's wrong with just handing over a fire and, and getting a pint and a bit of change in, in return? Just weirded me out. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Just weirded me out, and just didn't quite know how to handle it. You know, what I love about that what you've just said there more than anything is that where you live, you can handle change over a fiver. fiver. Change, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. I, if I hand yeah. over a fiver in London, they're saying yeah, and the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my pint here is two eighty, two eighty a pint. I think I think we need to move Greg to. Yeah, uh, we've definitely six. made wrong life decisions, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, the, the Tottenham Stadium is cashless. I, I like it in somewhere like that. I, I sort of know what you mean, though. It's... Also, Spurs, don't they have the pints that, like, pour from the bottom up? From the bottom. Yeah, Twickenham's yeah. got exactly the same um, And that's, that's a spectacle, because you're not entirely sure what you're getting there. I completely understand it, but then also from, from like, if Nissan was just contactless, it means that then I'm constantly having to get on my phone and pay the charges. So for overseas visitors as well, it's a bit of a lag if you are going to one of the international games. That's a good point, actually. I don't know how that True. how that works. I imagine it's similar the other way around. It's, yeah, you're you're right. It strikes you it strikes me as a bit harsh. I'm sure there are ways around it, but yeah, you, they could be getting screwed by that. Um, Greg. Oh, so mine is uh, a gripe. I'm feel like I'm getting ridiculously old. 
so I turned 30 this month and I'm in Nashville for my 30th and a lot of people will be now be shouting at me thinking you've got to say you're already 30 but I just every morning I wake up and I'm just I just ache I just I literally feel like I'm 30 going on 50 and and just ache like so so badly and it takes me like I used to be able to kind of just wake up and just get straight into the day whereas now takes me like three hours to get actually awake fully um, and luckily luckily I have a two hour commute and only 20 minutes of that is actually driving but the uh it's very much yeah I just feel like I'm kind of almost not overnight but the last the last five years have just flown by so quickly that I just feel a hell of a lot older than I am now um but yeah so as I say I think that's my main non-titans non-titans related gripe um my Titans related gripe is I could talk all day about that fourth uh, fourth down call. <laughs> yeah, I won't bore anyone else on that one. But, oh, just uh, just yeah. as well we didn't lose that game. I mean. Well, apologies to anyone who's over the age of thirty and is literally shouting at me. But for some reason, if you've got any I'm, tips, or I'm any trying not supplements to. to take any supplements I can take, so that I'm not just constantly aching. Even sitting here now, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need to get up. <laughs> you know you're, that you're, when you're taking supplements, yes, not that's. that's yeah, avoid, try and avoid that suspension. Um, I'll I'll quickly finish by telling you. I had a message from my wife. It was that she'd emailed me a picture of the kids. Like, do you mind? Do you mind if you're in town today? Because she wasn't she wasn't at work on Monday. And, and can you just get a eight by six copy of this picture printed? Well, okay, that seems strangely urgent, but there's a a little machine outside Asda and you can get your, your phone. It connects to the machine wirelessly and you tuck you. I thought, no, I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to find some more pictures while I'm there, get a few pictures printed. Um, so I found this machine connected wirelessly to it with my phone. It was all, all good. Um, browse, browsing a few pictures sort of a dozen or so on the screen, fiddle around with them, worked out what sizes I wanted. Must have taken, 10, 15 minutes. There's no one waiting for it. There's no issue there. So do all this. Go to go to print them. And the message comes up on the screen. Um, with It's out of, uh, out of toner or out of a uh, printer ribbon. So please come back later. Yeah, you could, you, could sort of, you could put that message at the start of the process. That might be more useful. Didn't get any pictures. Um, Happens to me at work all the time, all the time. Why don't you just tell me when I'm going to print something that the printer is already out of, of ink? But no, it doesn't ever tell you. You have to literally get up, go to the printer for it to tell you that. But at work, you could you could change the toner. You could do something about it. I'm I'm yeah, I'm a bit powerless <laughs> at this point. Let's First be honest. At work, we, yeah. yeah. At work, we all just leave it for the next person, right? We don't. <laughs> same, same, same with paper, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Depends how urgent things are, doesn't it? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll there's order always, those. There's always, another, there's always another printer, so that's, that, that's fine. But yeah, never, never filling the paper up and never changing the ink. That's, that's definitely a work rule for anyone who works in an office. Died. <laughs> uh, don't want to say I'm glad I don't work with you, but well, maybe I do. I don't know. Um, right, I think that just about just about does it for well the third episode of the Transatlantic Titans podcast. If you're still with us, well done for making it this far. Um, thanks. Well, thanks. Wake up, wake up, Brian. Wake up. Yeah, Brian won't have got this far. 
asleep by now. He'll be sounder. Um, some or maybe all of us will be back next week. I'm not sure yet. But yeah, other other people as well. Get in touch um, if you'd like to come on. A few have already, and we'll we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, hope you hope you're enjoying it, and let us know what you think. And yeah, tighten up. We'll be back next week. Tighten up. Thank you. Tighten up.